News Weekly is an ad-free listener-supported podcast made possible by teammates like Cam Amos, Jem, Catherine Cummins, Alicia Flynn, Avril Hannah-Jones, and you. Just go to patreon.com slash Shah, that's S-A-M-I-S-H-A-H, to support the podcast. Top Stories of the Week Damned in Ukraine Also, Australian news media is kinda grotesque And Leah Shah enters our atmosphere All that and more on Newsweek Hello, I'm Sammy Shah, and thank you for joining me as we punch the news in the headlines weekly. Damn the war news now. Civilians in Ukraine can now add drowning to the list of ways they can die, along with shelling, shooting and torture. This latest threat comes after the Kharkovka Dam collapsed on Tuesday, forcing thousands to flee their homes. Ukraine's President Zelensky, who has continued to prove that the only person qualified to do politics are comedians, issued a statement right away, hinting subtly that Russia might be to blame. Today, Russian terrorists have once again proved that they are a threat to everything living. Last night, they blew up the dam of the Kachovka hydroelectric power plant. At 2.50am, this explosion happened. It was an absolutely deliberate, prepared explosion. They knew exactly what they were doing. Just imagine the volume of water held by this dam. It was one of the largest reservoirs in Ukraine. The flooding of the southern regions of our country has been ongoing since this night. At least 100,000 people lived in these areas before the Russian invasion. At least tens of thousands are still there. 80 towns and villages are underwater. Evacuation has already begun. And these are just the initial consequences. Unfortunately, the tragedy is much broader. Then, according to BBC's Russia editor Steve Rosenberg, Moscow responded by putting on a reenactment of the first episode of the TV show Chernobyl. I remember seeing a, a reading a, a report from the TASS news agency on my phone about 6.30 this morning, uh, which quoted the Moscow-imposed um, official in Novokachovka saying that everything was peaceful and calm in the town. There was nothing going on at all. Soon after that, another report from TASS quoting the same official saying, uh, well, actually, no, there'd been a terrorist attack uh, during the night, missile strikes on the dam. Uh, his story completely changed. And then TASS reported a source in the security forces saying, no, no missile strike, uh, the dam had just collapsed. By lunchtime, uh, people had seemed to agree on, a, on an official version of events here. Uh, we heard it from President Putin's spokesman, Dmitry Peskov. We heard it from the defense minister, Sergei Shoigu. Aiming to prevent the offensive operations by the Russian army on this section of the front line, the Kiev regime committed an act of sabotage, a rather terrorist act. So there you have it. The Ukrainians, in a clever plan to defend their homeland from the Russian forces, flooded themselves, putting at risk a nuclear power plant, hundreds of species of wildlife, and tens of thousands of Ukrainian civilians. It's a strategy known as stop hitting yourself, stop hitting yourself, why are you hitting yourself, stop hitting yourself. 
We may never know what actually caused the rupture of the dam, but for the locals in the region, it doesn't matter. Their homes have been flooded and they're being bombed by Russians as they flee, forcing many to wonder if it can get any worse than this. A Ukrainian military spokesperson said anti-infantry mines in Russian-occupied territory had been dislodged, making them floating mines, meaning they could explode as soon as they hit any debris. Well, what did they think? Trumped-up charges news now. Former U.S. president and convicted sexual abuser Donald Trump has not had an easy path back to the GOP nomination so far. First, his opponents clearly stole the election from him by counting all the votes accurately. Then his innocent supporters got prosecuted, nay, persecuted, just for having, like, a tailgate party while playing dress-ups in, you know, the Capitol. Then, on top of all that, he gets found guilty of sexual abuse and defamation in a civil trial, even though he made it clear he wasn't attracted to the woman he is guilty of sexually abusing, despite confusing her for one of his wives. And now, as if to prove the poor guy just can't catch a break, he's being indicted by the Department of Justice on federal charges. It's almost like everyone who warned just how bad he'd be before he won the election is completely vindicated. Anyway, here's MSNBC reporting on the incident with barely concealed excitement and arousal. NBC News has now confirmed Donald Trump has been indicted. Uh, he has been summoned to appear on Tuesday. It turns out this time he was not crying wolf. He was accurate. I want to go to Ryan Riley, who is one of our justice uh, reporters, justice, Depart justice reporters. Ryan, uh, give us the full update I have given the summary. That's right. I mean, we don't have the specificity uh, thus far, but he will be uh, in court on Tuesday. I mean, this is a, a really historic moment, um, something we were sort of waiting on pins and needles all day for, potentially, at the Justice Department. Then there's CNN, which just fired the CEO who orchestrated that town hall, which served as a free marketing campaign for Trump a few weeks ago, also loving how historic all of this is. It's absolutely historic. I mean, this is probably the most significant politically uh, most significant historically, uh, most historically important. Finally, here's an accurate, objective summary of what the charges are over at ABC News. The, the American ABC News, not the Australian one. You can tell the difference because the American one has some non-white presenters. We do begin at this hour with the breaking news. Former President Donald Trump has been indicted by a federal grand jury in connection with his handling of classified documents after he left the White House. Donald Trump has been told to be in Florida on Tuesday to appear in federal court at 3 p.m. It is an historic development, the first time a former president has been indicted on federal criminal charges. Our investigative team reporting the former president will face at least seven charges. We are told the range of those charges includes obstruction, willful retention of documents related to our national security, false statements, conspiracy. Again, our investigative team learning that's the range of charges, the exact charges we are still waiting to hear from the special counsel. Trump, meanwhile, has responded with his characteristic restraint, recording his statement in what sounds like the bathroom at Mar-a-Lago. Very sadly, we're a nation in decline, and yet they go after a popular president, a president that got more votes than any sitting president in the history of our country, by far, and did much better the second time in the election than the first, and they go after him on a boxer's hoax, just like the Russia, Russia, Russia hoax, and all of the others. This has been going on for seven years. They can't stop because it's election interference at the highest level. There's never been anything like what's happened. I'm an innocent man. I'm an innocent person. 
uh, they had the Mueller hoax, the Mueller report, and that came out. No collusion after two and a half years that was set up by Hillary Clinton and Democrats. But this is what they do. This is what they do so well. If they would devote their energies to honesty and integrity, it would be a lot better for our country. They could do a lot better. They could do a lot of great things. In defense of Trump, the indictment came as a shock, given that all the evidence had accidentally on purpose been destroyed. In last October, we are told that this maintenance worker at Mar-a-Lago drained the pool. And when they drained the pool, it caused a flood that flooded this room that we are told has the computer servers which store the surveillance footage on them. That's important because we know prosecutors have been looking at the surveillance footage from Mar-a-Lago. They've subpoenaed it several times. They've requested that they preserve records several times. What we don't know is whether or not this was an intentional flooding or if it was genuinely genuinely a mistake. This was obviously a mistake and totally not the same as that time in 1988 when New York City auditors launched a probe over missing payments from the then Trump-owned Grand Hyatt and key documents that Trump's lease obligations required him to maintain and turn over got lost in an accidental flooding of the room where the documents were kept. It's funny how that keeps happening. It's starting to look like it wasn't the Russians who destroyed the Kakovka Dam. Trump probably just left some files in Ukraine. Trump's personal public relations team, Fox News, took the indictment in their stride, showing the same lack of respect for law enforcement and the legal process that they accuse Black Lives Matter protesters for lying about. The 45th president of the United States, the leading 2024 candidate, Donald J. Trump, has now been indicted by Joe Biden's Department of Justice. And what we've seen over the last several years is the weaponization of the Department of Justice against the former president. Yes, it is a dark day in America. Uh, We've said it often. There's no equal justice. There's no equal application of our laws. There's one set of rules for Democrats, another set of rules for Donald Trump and conservatives and anybody, especially in his orbit. Conservative lives matter is what they're basically saying, to which the only real answer is actually all lives matter. The real question everyone is asking is whether or not Trump can run for president with this indictment, or if he's found guilty even. Yeah, there is no federal law, there's no constitutional provision that allows, uh, that prevents someone from running for president of the United States, even if they are uh, currently behind bars. In fact, in 1920, we had a socialist candidate for president who was serving a prison sentence and got almost a million votes. You have to go back that far for any kind of precedent. And as you said, we're a long way from, from any of that. But look, there's also evidence that the last legal case brought against him may have bolstered his standing. Donald Trump only doing better in the primaries since then. Our poll from about a month ago, David, showed that about 54% of Americans thought that he deserved to face criminal charges in this case about classified documents. But that same poll had a numeric advantage for Trump versus Biden. So it may be that a lot of this information is already out there. And we saw Donald Trump tonight set a fundraising appeal within about 15 minutes of breaking the news of his own indictment. He is asking people to raise money. There's no doubt in my mind that it will be a successful appeal because if we know anything about Donald Trump is that his base is extremely loyal. Who is this even for news now? One of the Labour government's biggest election promises was to set up an independent anti-corruption commission, which the Albanese government then delivered on. And so committed is Labour to ensuring the commission is useful, they've even provided the first case for it to investigate. Anthony Albanese's government is facing its first crisis of integrity. Was the Labour Party complicit in a scheme to weaponise a rape allegation. The controversy is focused on whether or not current Labour government finance minister Katie Gallagher knew about Brittany Higgins and the alleged rape before the story was made public in a Channel 10 news report. 
Katie Gallagher said she had no idea, even when she was directly asked by Liberal Party Minister Linda Reynolds two years ago. I was told by one of your senators two weeks before about what you were intending to do. No one had any knowledge. How dare you? Now we will move. about we protecting will yourself. The problem is Katie Gallagher's denials are directly contradicted by text messages exchanged by Brittany Higgins and her boyfriend David Shiraz at the time. Four days before the interview aired, Mr Shiraz told his girlfriend, Katie messaged me, she's angry and wants to help. I gave her the project interview for context. Ms Higgins saying, that's fine, it'll all be public pretty soon anyway. The Prime Minister has publicly thrown his support behind his finance minister, as heard here in an interview with Sunrise TV host, Bitcoin salesperson and proof that Australian media isn't a meritocracy, Koshi. Did your colleague mislead power? No. That hasn't stopped members of the opposition from calling for Katie Gallagher to resign. Members like Barnaby Joyce, speaking here from inside a glass house where he's practising his stone-tossing skills. I don't think a job's tenable. I, you know, I really don't. She's either got to resign or the Prime Minister's got to show the strength to cauterise the situation and, and sack her. And here's opposition leader Peter Dutton, somehow not referring to the recent news that in 2019 his government gave $4 million in grant money to a Christian women's rehab centre in Perth, whose staff was then found to have committed sexual assault, gay conversion therapy, forcible restraint and unqualified pharmaceutical treatment. So, I mean, we're talking about multi-millions of dollars here. Uh, we're talking about senior ministers of the government uh, potentially having conspired uh, or at least having collaborated with uh, individuals and uh, a lot of that needs to be explained. Just a reminder, that's Brittany Higgins and Labour he's talking about there and not the $2 billion the Morrison government was supposed to give to community health and hospitals but mostly gave to marginal seats. Earlier this week, Brittany Higgins's allegations of rape against Bruce Lerman were the focus of an exclusive interview with Lerman on Channel 7, which has clearly learnt no lessons from its previous championing of Ben Robert Smith unless the lessons are, oh my god, ratings are amazing as long as we champion a fucked up guy. Did you rape? Brittany Higgins. No, I didn't. It simply didn't happen. The criminal trial brought against Bruce Lemon in the ACT Supreme Court last year was discontinued because of juror misconduct. An inquiry after the trial heard about ongoing tensions between the police and ACT Director of Public Prosecutions Shane Drumgold. There have even been claims of a senior police officer believing Lerman was innocent, threatening to resign if Lerman was found guilty. In unrelated news, a report at the time found ACT police were undercharging when it came to accusations of sex abuse and this was an example of their general attitude to sex abuse cases. And even Lerman's lawyers allege that a leak during the trial could have originated from the police. So just a reminder, no one really knows where Brittany Higgins' text messages were leaked, you know, the ones that only her and the police have custody of. The story here that the media is focusing on is whether or not Katie Gallagher lied, a story that's developed ever since the Australian published Brittany Higgins' leaked text messages, which were given to the police. No one yet seems to be asking how those messages were leaked to the Australian from the police, or what impact this could have on any rape victims who have to trust the police to maintain confidentiality in their cases. Bruce Lerman is currently suing Network 10 journalist Miss Wilkinson and the ABC for defamation, a case that he is likely to win given that an argument can be made that they implied his guilt despite his being innocent until proven guilty. Unlike Sky News, which is currently calling Ben Robert Smith innocent, even though he was proven guilty. But first, while many in the media have been revelling in last week's damning court judgement against Ben Robert Smith, my sense is that the public don't share that glee. While the vindicated journalists were happy to call the VC 
a recipient, a liar, a murderer, a war criminal. To the public, he was still a brave soldier, doing his best to keep us safe under impossibly difficult circumstances. The thing is, I don't disagree with Peter Credlin. I do think majority of the public still believe Ben Robert Smith is a hero. I also think majority of the public is fucking wrong. You don't kick an old man off a cliff, execute innocent people, then blackmail and intimidate your colleagues to keep quiet about it while taking time out to beat your girlfriend and then get to be called a hero. Public perception and legal judgment don't have to be in agreement, but the media does have responsibility to respect the judgment of the law and due process. Whether that's Ben Robert Smith's guilty verdict or Bruce Lerman's discontinued trial, there was a moment in Stan Grant's final episode of the always unwatchable Q&A, which doesn't get brought up much. And we in the media must ask if we are truly honouring a world worth living in. Too often, we are the poison in the bloodstream of our society. Since Brittany Higgins first made her allegations of rape against Bruce Lemon, this has been a media event. It continues to be so. We will probably never know if Lemon was guilty or Higgins was lying. But in the meantime, the way the media, the news media, have constructed their narratives, victims of rape and those against whom rape has been alleged, both know their stories are better left untold. And finally, thank you for your patience over the last four weeks. Here at Newsweekly headquarters, we've been busy celebrating the arrival of Leah Shah, who is already an excellent Newsweekly reporter working the nappy, poopy, burpy beat, bringing exclusive investigative stories on Tummy Time and Pram Tech. Thank you so much for all the lovely messages you've sent and also for the wonderful support after I published an incoherent rant about racism at the ABC to my Patreon. It would be crass and a little bit gross to promote my Patreon while announcing the arrival of my daughter, so I definitely will not tell you to join patreon.com slash Shah, where in the next few days I'll be putting up a video of my latest stand-up comedy special, which has yet to be seen by anyone. That's patreon.com slash Shah, S-A-M-I-S-H-A-H, and I'll never promote it in such an unsavory manner. Otherwise, I'll see you all back here next week on News Weekly, where we punch the news in the headlines weekly. Weekly.